We'll be in the book of Revelation, chapter number 11. Revelation chapter number 11. We were able to finish up chapter number 10 um, by the grace of God on <laughs> Wednesday night. I don't um, thankful for that. Um, and as I mentioned to you on Wednesday night, um, it's just getting a little harder. It's getting a little harder to study. It's getting a little harder to go. Um, but I got two hours to preach if we get out by 10 o'clock, so we're good to go. Amen. Man. So I'm just kidding with you. Let's turn to uh, chapter 11 of the book of Revelation. Could we stand in reverence reading of the Word of God? I'm just going to read two verses. First two verses of Revelation chapter number 11. And uh, the Bible says, And there was given me a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood, saying, Rise, and measure the temple of God, and the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple leave out. Measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles. And the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. Thank you for standing. You can be seated, Lord. We love you. We need your help tonight. I ask you, dear God, to just break down these verses. Lord, give us the knowledge and the wisdom um, to be able to do those things, Lord, through the Spirit of God. Lord, we cannot preach without the Spirit of God tonight. And Lord, I ask you, dear God, in the name of Jesus, that you would please help us, Lord. Give us a good, timely manner. Lord, help us just, just to preach the Word. In Jesus' name, we do pray this prayer. Amen and amen. And so we see here in our text that there is something very serious going on. But this is our 21st message through the book of Revelation. It's not been easy at all, but I'm thankful for how the Lord's helped us and showed us some things that um, I didn't know. But we're still in the context of chapter number 10. So we must understand that we're still in the context of chapter number 10 concerning the pause that is there. Judgment is paused for a short period of time. We understand that to be the case, and we established that last um, on, on Sunday night. But it not, doesn't seem like there's been any change at all. It seems like there's still an angel standing here, and John is still standing there as well. Um, judgment is just not really going on, but there is a little. There's an essence to it that we'll get to just a little while. Um, but but John has up to this point, John has heard and John has seen things that was taking place, right? And he's written them down. He's heard them, as it says, and he has saw them. But what John hasn't done is what he's beginning to do in verse number one. And the Bible says, "And there was a rod given me." John is becoming a participant in this thing. John is beginning to participate in what is taking place as he is pinning the revelation. He is beginning to participate in the revelation as well. Uh, And so now we come to the passage that John is a participant in. And when I first began to study this chapter and I began to read this chapter out time and time again, the first thought that comes to my mind As I read verse 1 and verse number 2, as it says this, it says, And there was given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood, saying, Rise, and measure the temple of God. 
my first thought was when I was reading it, y'all know my my thoughts and y'all y'all kind of know how I think about things and my 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 mind runs wild while I'm preaching and it runs wild. I don't know if preach I, I don't know if it's the same way with you, but mine does. And, and and the first thing I thought as I was reading this is what temple? What temple is talked about in this text? It says the temple of God. Well, we know the Bible uses a reference to the temple of God oftentimes throughout even the New Testament. It's mentioned, I think, three times. Uh, and it talks about the temple of God. But, but, but the Jews, the, but we know in context this is speaking to the Jew, right? We're on Jewish ground. We're not on, we're, we're not on Gentile ground at all here. But so 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 we have to establish some things before we can preach this. So, but the Jews here. Here's the thing. Here's the problem. The Jews don't have a temple. The Jews don't have a temple in Jerusalem anymore. So, what temple is this talking about? And so, it's pretty obvious uh, that the temple uh, that is talked about here in this text uh, is stated directly to the Jews. But it separates the Jew, the Gentiles, in verse number two as well. And so we have to get the context of this, right? Everybody with me so far? In reality, these verses are pretty hard to understand. And so a few things must be understood as means an introduction before we do begin. The first thing that must be understood is that we can see very clearly that this is for the Jew and it's not for you. It's for the Jew and it's not for you. It's very clearly that John is speaking... uh, and writing to the Jew, and all of these two verses are speaking of is to the Jews. And that's important if we're going to preach this uh, in context. Many get it wrong, by the way. Uh, many get it wrong. The temple of God that is spoken of here uh, is not those within the body of Christ as some would have it be. It's not. And, you know, many, many get that wrong. And if it was... If it was, let let me see if I can get this out. If it was, it would have some in the church, which is the body of Christ, right? We agree with that. We, We agree that according to 1 Corinthians 6 and 19, that we are the temple of God, right? We agree with that, according to Scripture. So, so if we are the temple of God, then this could not be the temple of God. Why? Well, the simple fact is, is that some would have to be in the church and then some would have to be, some of the church would have to be outside of the church because the church has already been resurrected. The church has already been raptured out. And so we're understanding these scriptures and getting them in context. It, I hope that makes sense at all. The church was already taken in chapter 4. And so another thing we have to establish is this is future events. This is not something that is right now. Some like to say, uh, some like to put this in the past and some think it's the past uh, um, because the Jews did have a temple and some like to put it in the present because they want to put this as the temple of God being the church uh, and then some want to put it in the future. Well, that's where we're going to put it tonight because that's where it needs to be. It's future, it's future tense, it's completely future. And so if the Lord would help us tonight, we're going to try and deal with the temple of God that's in Jerusalem. Okay, the temple of God that's in Jerusalem. It may take us some time to get through this, but we'll just get through it as quickly as we possibly can. I'm going to preach on rise and measure the temple. 
Rise and measure the temple. Straight from the text, or you can say you can say God is not through with the Jew. Whatever, whatever you want to title this tonight. Number one, I want you to notice, and we're going to lay some history of this, okay? We see, number one, we see that there is a temple mentioned in our text, right? There is a temple mentioned in our text. For right, for right about 2,000 years now, the Jews have not had a temple to worship in Jerusalem. They have not had a temple to worship the Lord in. However, this verse tells us at some point of time, there will be a temple. We've heard it, but where's it at? We've heard it, but when's it going to be? We've heard it, but, but, but what, how are we going to establish this? How, is, how are they going to establish this? And I've said things I don't even agree with anymore, but I'm just saying that what we have here in this text is that there is... A temple that's mentioned. So, so, so what does the Bible and what does the history have to say about this temple? Notice, uh, there's a temple of old. There's a temple of old, okay? And so, so for many years, the Jews had a priest in the tabernacle, right? For many years, the Jews had a priest in the tabernacle, and that tabernacle traveled as they traveled. Wherever they went, the tabernacle and the tent went with them. It did not matter where it was, they had to go with them. Therefore, the Ark of the Covenant of God had to go with them. All the things that were in the Ark of the Covenant of God, the, the, you know, the mercy seat, which is on top of the Ark of, the, uh, uh, on top of, the, um, Ark of God, and then there is the, the cherubims that stand on both sides. And everywhere went and what it was, what that was a representative of is that when the Lord looked down upon the Jewish people traveling, they, he saw mercy. Thank God he saw mercy. Amen. But, but nonetheless, there was a tabernacle that was mentioned and, and that is a place where sins were covered. Uh, um, that is a place where sacrifice were carried, sacrifices were carried out. Uh, and it was there um, that all of Israel uh, sought their Christ in that day. Uh, that's where it was. 2 Samuel chapter number 7 verse 1 uh, and through verse number 3 says, uh, And it came to pass so when the king sat in his his house and the Lord uh, had given him rest round about from all of his enemies. We got a lot of verses to go through, and so I wrote them down. Um, that the king said unto Nathan the prophet, See, now I dwell in a house of cedar, uh, um, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. So we know that he's speaking of the tabernacle or the tent. We know that that's what he's speaking of at this specific time, that the temple of God, or rather the, um, rather the ark of God, the ark of the covenant, dwelleth in curtains. It dwelleth in curtains, that means it, there is the outer court, and we understand that there's the outer court with the laver and with the first basin to wash in the brazen altar, and then we go through the first veil, the first curtain, uh, and we find in there, if you would look to your right, you would find a table of shewbread, uh, which is a representative of the children of Israel. Uh, and we have the twelve tribes of Israel. Uh, um, thank God for the twelve tribes. It also represents uh, the Bible that you have uh, in your hand. There is six and there's six. Uh, on the left side, there's going to be a lampstand or a candlestick. Uh, and a candlestick. 
big. There is six and then there's seven, one in the middle. Uh, um, that is God. That's a representative of God. Uh, and then you go on a little farther and look straight ahead and there's the altar of incense. Uh, and the altar of incense every day would make a sweet smelling savor uh, um, to satisfy God. Uh, um, for a short period of time it would satisfy the Lord. But every day, uh, all day long, uh, from 6 p.m. to 6 p.m., uh, there had to be uh, some smoke coming out of there. Uh, if they were moving, there had to be smoke. Uh, and there had to be a savor to the Lord. Uh, um, something at the time there had to be. Uh, and then you go through the veil that is six curtains wide. Uh, and you go through that veil. And on the other side of that veil, you see uh, um, that there is the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, inside of the Ark of the Covenant, according to the book of Hebrews, uh, is the broken law. Or is the law, is Aaron's rod that budded, uh, and there is one more, which uh, the tape, the, the manna, thank you, uh, um, there is the manna that is in there, uh, and that was a representative, and we've preached on it. God's mercy covered uh, the broken laws, the burden of labor, and the blessings of the Lord. It covered those things uh, in there, uh, and every single year they had to go in there and sacrifice for their sin. Every single year, time and time again. And what we're seeing uh, in 2 Samuel in chapter number two, uh, 7, uh, um, where, he, where David is talking to Nathan, and he says uh, in verse 3, And Nathan said back to him, to the king, Go, uh, do that that is in thine heart. David saying, hey, I live in a house of cedar, uh, um, but the house of God, there is no house of God. Uh, it moves, it travels, uh, everything. It's just temporary. Uh, and he said, for the Lord is with thee. Uh, whatsoever you do, the Lord is with you. Do what you want to do. Do what's in your heart. David has a desire here in that text. David has a desire to see a temple, a temple, a permanent place uh, um, for God's worship to be done, uh, for sacrifices to be sacrificed. Uh, and so David is getting ready to die at that time and he expresses uh, a desire for a permanent dwelling uh, and a house of God for the people of Israel. Uh, um, but we do know according to Scripture that David was not able, David was not able uh, um, to do that because he was a man of war. God tells David in 1 Chronicles 28 and 3, But God said unto me, uh, um, Thou shalt not build a house uh, um, for my name, because thou hast been a man of war, thou hast shed blood. Shed blood. And so, so, so we see, we know that because of that, David couldn't build the temple. And so, but, so however, however, David's son... Solomon could build the temple. In 2 Samuel chapter number 7, verse 12, the Bible says, And when the days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, uh, God is speaking to David, and he's given David a promise. Uh, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed uh, out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for my name. 
That's what God said to David. He promised him. He said, Thou, he shall build a house for my name. And so God made that promise with King David that in his seed it shall be built. 1 Chronicles 22, 1-5 tells us that David may not be able to build it, but he is able to get, he was able to get some materials to begin or to start that. And you might not be able to do it, but you can sure help, amen. Uh, you can sure get in there and help. Uh, and then we find in First Chronicles 22 uh, um, where the Bible tells us that David charges his boy uh, um, Solomon to build the temple. Uh, and so we can read on and we know that Solomon did begin to build the temple. Um, first, um, uh, first Kings chapter uh, um, number 6 and verse uh, 1. And it came to pass in the 400, 480th year after the children of Israel will come out of the land of Egypt in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel in the month Ziph, which is the second month that he began to build the house of the Lord. Thank God he began to build the house of the Lord. Amen. According to 1 Kings chapter 6 and verse 38, it took seven years to build the house of the Lord. It took seven years to build it, and it was then dedicated to the Lord in 1 Kings chapter number 8 and verse 62 through verse 66. Verse 63 of that passage is interesting though. And I want to I read it to you. The Bible says, And Solomon offered a sacrifice of peace offerings, which he offered unto the Lord two and twenty thousand oxen. Would anybody say that's a bunch of oxen? Two and twenty thousand oxen and a hundred and twenty thousand sheep. There's a lot of animals that are being sacrificed on this altar to dedicate it to the Lord and the rest of it. And so the kings and all the children of Israel, everybody was for Yeah, Do you believe the Bible? You know all means all. One preacher said all means all and that is all that all can mean. It means all. And all the children of Israel dedicated the house of the Lord. And they all got there. So needless to say, God approved the building of this. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 1 through 3 tells us that He did. And because the glory of God, the Shekinah glory of God fell down upon that place and all the people went crazy and they had a move of God. And what does it say on a little farther? If my people... That's 2 Chronicles 7.14. 2 Chronicles 7.1-3 through 3 is when the glory fell. And then if my people, which are called by my name. Amen, friend. The glory of God fell in that place. So scholars have said since that the modern day cost to build Solomon's temple would cost around $550 billion. Five hundred. Do I know how they know that? I sure don't, but they do, I guess. $550 billion. Unfortunately, in the year 583 B.C., the temple was destroyed by old Nebuchadnezzar. It was destroyed completely and nobody has ever found the gold. Don't know why, but nobody has. The Jews was taken into captivity at that point by the Babylonians. 
This is showing us scripture. We're doing history here, okay? Um, we're talking about the simple fact that there's a temple in Revelation 11, okay? That, so so they, they, the Jews were put in the Babylonian captivity at that point. And then we can read in 2 Kings chapter 24 through verse 25. That's where we can read all of that, okay? Where Nebuchadnezzar comes in. As we move on, speaking of the temple of old... We then find in Ezra chapter number 3 uh, when another temple is built in Jerusalem. This is the temple of Zerubbabel. And Zerubbabel built this temple in Ezra chapter 3 verse number 12. I'm not going to read it to you, but Ezra chapter 3 verse 12 um, said that the young were happy about the temple of God that was being built, uh, but the old were weeping because they had seen the temple before. Uh, This temple wasn't as pretty as that other temple. The old were weeping because it wasn't what it used to be. It's not a bad thing. The young were shouting because they had a temple. There is priorities that we do have to line up there too. But we understand that's what took place. And this one was not just what the other one was. And according to history, this temple was also destroyed. Antiochus Epiphany in the year 168 B.C. He went to the temple and he sacrificed a cow on the altar and therefore desecrated the sacred place of God. We move on and find in John chapter 2 and verse 20, as Jesus is speaking to those folks, he says to them, or they say to him, the Jews say to him, they say, and then said the Jews, forty and six years did we build this temple. You say you can tear it down and build it back up in three days? We understand Jesus was speaking of the temple of his body, as the next verse would tell us. But that's not what they knew. But what that does tell us is another temple was built. Another temple was built in Jerusalem, and that's the temple of Herod. And that temple, however, history tells us that This temple was destroyed in A.D. 70 by Titus. Not the Titus you read of in your scripture. The Roman. And he destroyed it. He was against the Jews. And some one million Jews were killed during the first... From A.D. 70 to A.D. 66, some one million Jews were killed. That's sad, ain't it? Some one million Jews died. And they said that in that time uh, um, that he literally, uh, he built so many crosses to kill these one million Jews uh, that they ran out of wood to build more crosses. He said, they say, history tells us that on both sides of the road as you would drive down, or not drive, but ride your camel or whatever, and down through there, they said that you would see nothing but crosses and the remains of Jews that were killed on him. It was, he was a wicked king. And in that time, what he did is he destroyed the temple. In that rain, that's what it is. We're going somewhere. It was an utter bloodbath. And that was a temple that was destroyed. One quick note I'd like to state is John 
so we understand what temple we're talking about. Because some scholars, some people believe that this temple that John is measuring is one of the three of those temples. A.D. 70, the last temple was destroyed. John was exiled to Patmos in 95. A.D. 95. So you know what that tells us? That tells us that John could not be measuring one of those temples from Patmos. John could not be measuring one of those temples from Patmos. He was uh, put in that siege. He was put in there under the uh, reign of um, the emperor Domitian. And um, he could not be measuring one of the temple of old in this passage. Nonetheless, nonetheless, history tells us that the only temple remains that are in existence to this day from the last temple that was destroyed in AD 70 is at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem. It's at the Wailing Wall. Now this ought to break your heart. It's at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem because... They go there, Orthodox Jews go there every single day and pray. They write the prayer on a piece of paper and roll it up and stick it in that wall. Because that's the only place that they believe that God hears their prayers. That's sad. Because we can go boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy. If they just go to Jesus instead of the wall, they'd be okay. But nonetheless, that's what they do every single day and they're said to write that. And to this date, all the temples of the Jews have been destroyed. So what temple is this? So we see the temple of old. Secondly, we see a temple mentioned. Then I want you to notice something about this temple. I want you to notice a timing of omnipotence. Omnipotence, as some would say. So, so we see a timing. Many believe this temple has already begun preparations today. Many believe that to be the case. Uh, that doesn't matter. But a quick note I would like to add to this is it will be right on time. Amen. It will be right on time. Amen. Today's, today's God's temple is the church according to the Scripture. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 21 and 22 and Ephesians, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 19, Galatians chapter 3 verse 28. All of those tell us that the church of the living God to this day is the temple of God. Your body is a temple. You're not God's, right? I mean, you're not your own. And so, so we understand that. First Peter chapter two verse five. There's a few different verses, but if this is our in our text is the church, then clearly we got a problem here. Let me show you one problem. I'm, we're moving. We're moving. I promise. Galatians three verse twenty eight. The Bible says, just because I turn right to it, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. You say, well, why are you saying that, preacher? Well, Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 12. At that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But 
Now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off are now made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who had peace, who hath made, made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. So we all agree in here that verse 11 and verse number 2 gives us a separation between the Jew and the Gentile, right? So if it gives us a separation there, then the fact is is that this couldn't be the church because the church, there are no separations. We're one in Christ. One body, one family, we're one. Amen. And so, so this temple is going to come when the Lord sees fit. And all I have to say is that God is not through with the Jew. Amen. God is not through with the Jew. He has a plan that will come. And they are an established nation. According to May 14th, 1948, they were established as a nation and they will be continue to be a nation. Nobody is going to stop them. You say, why will nobody stop them? None will ever defeat them because the Lord will defend them every single way, friend. There is no other way that it's going to be thank God he's not through with the Jew thank God he's not through with the Jew the temple that's mentioned secondly I want you to notice uh, we're moving quickly uh, uh, we, we, it's, it's 824 so you don't have to look number two we see the temple measured we see in the last part of this verse rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that dwell, that within that worship therein. So, so we see, just going to leave a quick note here as, as point number two, if I could. It's just going to be quick and, and we're, we're going to be done quickly. We see three things that are measured here. There's the temple of God, there's the altar, and there's them that are within, right? So, so, so we see those three things which are measured. And so, so one we've already covered being the temple. We haven't necessarily covered the measurements and all that because guess what? There just aren't measurements in Scripture. But we will say this. It's not the same as Revelation 21 either. Um, but but we, we see two more that proves that the church is not Israel. And Israel is not the church. It proves that. God is not through with the Jew, amen. Notice, notice, notice. There's a measuring of a place. Just for alliteration's sake. Measuring of a place. We're going to call that the altar, right? That's what the scripture says. We see an altar is measured. If you look up that word measure or measuring, it always speaks of possession. Always. It always speaks of possession in scripture. It speaks of ownership. If you're measuring something, you're owning it. And so God, or, or excuse me, the angel tell, through the inspiration of God tells John to measure the altar. Measure the altar. He's already measured the temple which is of, I mean, the temple of God he's measured uh, right there. We, we see they're measuring all right. And so, so the temple is of God. It's God's. Nobody can take this temple away from God. But the altar is God's too. 
The altar is God's too. And that's a big thing because this altar is not going to be proclaimed as God's in two chapters because the Antichrist is going to come in and declare and wreak havoc on this as he goes in, as he desecrates the sacred place. But I'm telling you the truth, no matter if the Antichrist comes in or not, this altar is still God's. The altar at Mount Valley is always going to be God's. Amen. Uh, friend, it always will be God's altar. Amen. Uh, for many years, blood was shed on uh, the altar for the sins of the people. And it's still God's altar. It was God's altar and it will always be God's altar. And so we see a place. Secondly, I want you to see a, a people. There's a people here. It says, and them... That worship therein. Who is God's people? Answer me. The Jews is God's people. They've always been declared as God's people. And even in the midst of tribulation, uh, they're still going to be God's people. Amen. They're still going to be God's people uh, measuring uh, speaks of possession. uh, And these people are the people of God. uh, And no one can stop this. These things are the Lord's is my point. It might not look like it in a few chapters, but they're going to be the Lord's. You say, why would God do what He does to them then? Why would God kill half of them? And why would God do all... Because chastening. He's he's doing His work of redemption. Amen. He's doing His work of redemption. God is not through with the Jew. They are still gods. Zechariah. Zechariah, we use the Old Testament to confirm the New Testament too. The Bible says in Zechariah, chapter number 12, chapter number 12, verse number 10. The Bible says, And I will pour upon, let's see, go 9, And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications and they shall look upon me uh, whom they have pierced uh, and they shall mourn for him uh, and one more as one mourneth for his only son and shall be in bitterness for him uh, as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. In that day shall there be a great mourning uh, in Jerusalem as the mourning of Hadad Redemim Remember, in the valley of Megiddon. Uh, uh, You know where that is. Uh, There's going to be blood in there, friend, one day. Uh, And the land shall mourn uh, every family apart, the family of the house of David apart, and their wives apart, the family of the house of Nathan apart, and their wives apart, the family of the house of Levi and Shimei, and so on. And the family that remain, every family apart, and their wives apart. In that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David. Amen. Thank God there is a fountain for the house of house of Stamper. Amen. Thank God there's a there's a fountain open for the house of Bradley.
Hezekiah and the house of Sain and the house of Barnes. Thank God there's a fountain open. Amen. Uh, hallelujah. To the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. Uh, I'm going to skip over verse 8. Uh, and it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, two parts therein shall be cut off uh, and die, but the third shall be left therein. Uh, and I will bring the third part through the fire uh, and will refine them as silver is refined uh, and will try them as gold is tried uh, and they shall call on my name. Uh, and I like this. And I will hear them uh, and I will say it is my people uh, and they shall say the Lord uh, is my God. Uh, they've never done that before. Uh, but one day when they look at the King of Kings, uh, the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Lords, uh, um, they'll look on Him who they killed, uh, who they said crucify, and they'll say He is my God. Hallelujah. Thank God God's not done with the Jew. Amen, friend. God's not done with the Jewish people. Hallelujah, friend. I've been through the New York fire, uh, New York airport uh, and seen Orthodox Jews come down through there uh, and they've got all their clothes on and their hat bands uh, and their, 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 I'm forgetting all the words of everything. Uh, they've got it all. Uh, they've got it all, but they are empty without Christ. Uh, they have absolutely nothing without Him. Uh, they're formed and steeped in deep religion uh, and they have no God uh, besides their own. They can go to a wall and pray. But I'm thankful I can go to Him and pray. And they can too. But one day instead of Him coming to them and dropping the remnants there'll be a remnant that remains. And that remnant that remains will be saved. Hallelujah. The temple is measured. And lastly, and I don't know Thank God tonight feels good in here. We see the temple mandate. Verse number 2, and I will, we'll, be, we'll be moving on here. Verse number 2, But the court which is without the temple, leave out, and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles in the holy city, shall they tread underfoot forty and two Months we see the we see here uh, um, the beginning the mentioning of the temple uh, and the measuring of the temple, uh, um, but there is a mandate or an order uh, that has got to take place in this temple. Uh, notice quickly, uh, there is a statement that is given. Notice here, he says, "But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not." We can go all the way back to the tabernacle times uh, and see that there was an eastern gate that was the only entrance uh, and there was an outer court. And by the way, that's the only place that the Jew could go. Excuse me, that's the only place that the Gentile could go. That's as far as they could go. And he tells John to pin down these words and don't measure the temple that is without the outer court of that temple. It is to be given to the Gentiles and they will occupy the city and tread over it for three and a half years if measuring declares possession as we have established. Then there is one who is not in the possession in this case. And that's the Gentile. The Gentiles, remember, remember, God is seeking the Jews here. 
We're on Jewish grounds. There was the fact where there was before. There was the, obviously, the, the, we're in the church age. Paul come to the Gentiles. Hallelujah. Paul took the gospel to Antioch in Europe. And it came to America, thank God. Amen. Um, but we're on Jewish ground here. And the statement that is given here is don't measure the temple. Leave it out. Don't measure the outer courts. Leave it out. Then I want you to notice there's a setting that is given. Timing. He says here, for it, leave it out and measure it out. For it is given unto the Gentile. And the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. Now you tell me just real quick what they did in the temple of old. They sacrificed. What are they going to do in the temple of old? New. They're going to sacrifice. That's sad. That's so sad. But these are the days. This marks the second half of the tribulation period. The second half. Because this is the last half of Daniel's Daniel's 70th week. The last half. So, so, So when it started there. In Revelation chapter number 4, when the rapture took place, the tribulation was installed into place. There's seven years there. We know that a week could be, just mean seven. That's all it means. It don't mean anything else. It don't mean seven days. It could be seven days, seven weeks, seven months, seven years. And it represents seven years. And so we see here that the Hebrew calendar, by the way, has 30 days in each month. I'm trying to hurry, I promise. 30 days in each month, therefore equaling 1,260 days. You tell me what you got right here. 40 and 2 months, which is 1,260 days. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing how God knows what He's doing, right? It's amazing that He does, but, and guess what else that equals? Three and a half years. Three and a half years. And I believe the temple will be rebuilt sometime during the first part of the tribulation. And it will be built sometime about that. And no doubt one of the first accomplishments, I believe, of the Antichrist will be to arrange a, a peace treaty with Israel and all of those things and her enemies. And he will do what no other has ever been able to do. Uh, and then the Antichrist will bring that temporary peace uh, upon them all. And when Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, comes, uh, he will bring permanent peace to Israel. But this peace treaty will give the Jews the right to build their new house of worship. According to Daniel 9 verse 27. It will give them the right to do that. And the Jews will rebuild their temple and and will begin their sacrificial system of worship again. And once again, once again, Jews will slaughter animals in their attempt to keep the law of God. Things will go well for a while, but somewhere around the mid midpoint of the tribulation, the Antichrist will enter in the Holy of Holies in the temple, and he will enthrone himself as God. Matthew 24, 15, 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 through 4. 
This event will mark the beginning of the most intense time of persecution Israel will have ever experienced. One of the most persecution, uh, all the big times, uh, and the Jews will lose their temple uh, and they will be driven out from their lands once again. And they will be hunted down and they'll be killed by the forces of the Antichrist and by the rest of his enemies. A remnant will always remain though. Amen. The setting here is the halfway mark. I'm done. I want you to notice this. Not only the setting that is given, but the sacrifices that are going. I believe there's a sense of punishment we can see here. Because they have a temple, they wouldn't need a temple any other reason than sacrifice. It's the only reason you need a temple. That's, why, that's what we do what we do in here, by the way. We, we sacrifice things. Amen. Our time... What do you say? Our tithes, our talent, our money, everything we give to God in this place. That's what the house of God is for. It's for worship. Amen. Many people lie on their signs, but we don't plan on lying on our signs here. Amen. We have worship around here, but but we can see here because 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 of the temple being erected uh, at some point, Israel will be shown in the most clear manner uh, possible. The animal sacrifice can never take away sin can never take away sin and can never bring peace with God and God will allow allow them to build their temple and He'll allow them to sacrifice on their altar again. However, their new temple is nothing more than a rejection of the Messiah and the Lord Jesus Christ. Their sacrifices reject the gospel and it rejects the cross and it rejects the blood of Jesus. And friend, I'm telling you uh, um, the blood of Jesus did uh, what thousands and millions of animal sacrifices uh, have never and will never be able to do uh, it has never been able to uh, and their refusal to accept the preaching of the cross by the um, 144,000 Jewish witnesses uh, um, will not go unpunished we read it in Zechariah chapter 12 It will not go unpunished, friend. Punishment uh, is just beginning for the Jews at this point of time. Some preachers, some preachers, including those like John Hagee, so on and so on, many others, are preaching that Jews are saved by a different method. They're saved by a different method than any other people. But in truth, uh, there is one plan of salvation. One way uh, to heaven. Jesus saith unto Thomas, I am the way, uh, the truth, uh, and the life. No man, no man cometh unto the Father. No man. No means no, and that's all that no can mean. Amen. And friend, I'm telling you, no man will come unto the Father uh, um, but by me, he said. Uh, um, the Acts as Peter's preaching uh, in chapter 4 and verse 12. He says, uh, uh, he says, neither is there salvation in any other uh, um, 
come, for there's none other name given under heaven and given among men whereby you must be saved. It's the name of Jesus. The Jews have rejected Him time and time and time again, and they will be punished as a result of it. However, God is not through with the Jews. He's not through. And I hope you can see from these verses that God still has a plan from Israel for Israel. Amen, friend. He does. And I'm telling you, Israel, Israel, they may be in preparation for their temple. I don't know. But all I do know is that God has His timing. And that's when it's going to be done. Amen, friend. Don't you know things are winding up around this place? Amen, friend. People need to make their preparations to leave this world. Amen. Jews may be preparing a temple, but you better make preparations to leave this world. Amen, friend. Because we out of here. What does he say? The horn's going to toot. We're going to scoot. We're going to be out of here. Ain't nothing going to stop us. Clouds ain't going to stop us. The only thing's going to stop us is heaven. Amen. And that's just what it is. And so I'm thankful. What is Luke chapter 21, verse 28. Bible says, when these things began to come to pass, then look up and lift up your head, for your redemption draweth nigh. I'm telling you the truth this evening, friend. I'm telling you the truth. There's a temple coming. It's going to be built. But before that ever happens, there's a Savior coming. And He's going to call us out of here. Amen. I'm ready for that day. But I tell you the truth tonight. God is not through with the Jews. Y'all to pray for the Jews. Pray God would save the Jews. Thank God he's not through with the Jews. This is the command that God that 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 through the angel was told, John was told, rise and measure the temple. What temple? The temple of God. And one day, they're going to build it. They're going to sacrifice in it. The Antichrist is going to desecrate it. And God is going to judge Israel for their sins of rejecting the Messiah. God's not through with the Jew. Amen. Thank you for listening tonight. You can stand. Lord, we need your help tonight. We thank you, God, for how you helped us, Lord, through the preaching of the word. We ask you, God, in the name of Jesus, to please, Lord, take these words, help us to um, keep them in our heart and learn from them and grow by them. Lord, we're thankful for your goodness, grace, and mercy. We ask you, dear God, in the name of Jesus, to please bless the missionary family that came tonight, bless the people that came tonight. So thankful for the church, Lord, and them coming. We ask you, dear God, to take the words from the book of Revelation, Lord, and bless us with them. We're thankful, God. Thankful, God, you're not through with the Jews. Save Jews, Lord. Save them, God. Help us to be a witness and learn about them in order to be a witness to them. We love you so much, Lord. Thank you for saving souls throughout the book of Revelation. We've noticed it time and time again, the innumerable numbers time and time and time again. Thank you, God, for your goodness, your grace and mercy, your salvation. We love long-suffering, Lord. Thankful. I ask you, dear God, to keep us safe on our route home. We love you in Jesus' name.